on, everybody. Well, as you can hear, I'm going solo tonight. Kevin's internet is down, and we've got a show prepared, so I'm going to try to get some of this news out of the way. So next week we have a fresh show. So, with that being said, let's get into some fat folks. So, going solo is not fun, but we're going to try to. We're going to try to get through this episode. Um, one chip challenge. Been around for a little while. Um, they sell these one chips in a single package that are supposed to be so hot, so spicy, that they will burn your insides going in and going out. Well, supposedly somebody died from this. And the chip is now being pulled off the store shelves. These have been around for a few years now. Four or five, six years that I know of that I can remember. And they are getting a backlash from this person who died. They're saying that it, he died from this chip. Who knows if he had other complications before it. But yeah, that's a, I would never ever, ever try that. I, I don't like spicy foods. And that is... It's sold in a coffin-shaped packaging. If that gives you any indication of what this chip does to you going in and going out, um, I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't suggest you would either. And I don't know if the evidence will ever show that this kid actually died from this chip or not, but wanted to mention that in the Fat Fuck segment. Um, also, uh, Taco Bell. Coming out with a gelato. They are not known for their ice cream. They don't have any ice cream machines or anything in their stores. But they are known for their Mountain Dew Baja Blast exclusive flavor that they have in their restaurants. Um, and they're going to have a Baja Blast Mountain Dew flavored gelato limited time, I believe, in L.A. or on the West Coast somewhere. And it may go nationwide, but they are testing it currently. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. And that's basically it for Fat Fucks this week. Um, <clears throat> I did watch a bunch of stuff, but we're going to talk about that next week. I'm going to mention Ahsoka Episode 4 because Kevin is currently watching it. He lost power and hasn't finished it. Episode 4, we're going to get into full details next week, but it was pretty incredible. Still say the same thing. Rebels, you have to have a little bit of knowledge of what happened in Rebels, and it kind of sucks that I don't know. Talk to a few friends that don't, don't really have an idea what's going on as well, but they really say that this is the best Star Wars we've seen in a very long time. Um... We haven't seen great star star fights in the space in a while. We haven't seen great lightsaber battles in a while. And there's some great, great lightsaber battles in Ahsoka, especially in this last episode four. Um, and since he's not on here, I'm going to talk spoilers, so skip the next 10 or 15 seconds. At the end of this episode, we knew it was coming. Um, she goes into this world... Outside of the world, I can't remember what it's called. It's something like that. But Ahsoka goes there and she meets Anakin, played by Hayden Christensen, reprising his role from the from the prequel trilogy. And I know that this world goes in and out of different um, places, so I don't know. I I, real, I don't know. I know it goes through different time periods, 
and different things like that. So I don't know what, what the implications for this are. I know that they have high hopes on Episode 5 because that is going to be premiering in movie theaters next week. Um, and it's setting up a, some sort of a flashback episode going back to maybe even the Rebels series. Um, there was rumors today that um, the canon character who was a Jedi in Rebels, who I, I think died in the fourth season or something like that, um, who was voiced by Freddie Prince Jr. The rumor is that Freddie Prince could be playing that role in this episode coming up. Like This is going to be movie-like quality. If they want to put it in a movie theater, it's going to be a movie-like quality episode for it to be in a movie theater. So I'm guessing that something like that will happen. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I want to talk about that. I did watch a couple of football movies. I'm going to talk about those with Kevin next week. Um, I, I did watch Any Given Sunday and The Replacements because Replacements is a great movie and I, I wanted to watch it after I watched Any Given Sunday, which is okay. But we'll, we'll get into all that stuff next week. But since he's not here, we were going to do show and tell. I have a great thing I wanted to show him, but we'll have to wait till next week to do that. We're going to skip all that shit till next week. So let's get into the news. And it's not a news segment without the trailer roundup. And... Another movie that Kevin really wants to talk about, but I'm going to bring it up now. We'll talk about it next week. Um, back when the Grindhouse movies came out in the mid-2000s, uh, Quentin Tarantino did it, and I think Robert Rodriguez, there was a mock trailer for a movie called Thanksgiving done by Eli Roth in the style of the old slasher horror movies. And this movie has always been said, oh, it, may, it could be made, it could be made. Well, Eli Roth made the movie called Thanksgiving, coming out in November, and the trailer came out. Um, it's, about a, it's about a murderous pilgrim who goes through Plymouth, Massachusetts, and starts murdering and hacking people with an axe. Um, it's as it's, it's wacky and out there as it sounds. It's something that I'm interested in. I'm not really huge on slash, slasher movies and slash, and all, all those kind of horror movies like that, especially Eli, Eli Roth. But I am interested in this because it has been... In the in the in the lexicon of pop culture for a very very long time, and I, I do want to see it. So that comes out in November. The trailer looks great. The poster looks great. It looks wacky as hell. So I can't wait for that. Um, the Bike Riders. This is a movie about motorcycle riders, but it stars Austin Butler, Jodie Comer, and Tom Hardy, who has been in a lot of stuff lately. Um, coming out on December first. Um, I don't know much about this movie other than it's just it looks like. Um, it looks like Sons of Anarchy meets, you know, I don't know, all those kind of motorcycle movies, and I don't know much about it. Hell's Angels, maybe. Um, does look decent. I don't know. It'll probably it'll probably get some Oscar buzz, so we'll have to wait and see if it's any good. Um, the other trailer, mini trailer that came out with this week, uh, just a few few more weeks away from Loki Season 2. Um, a few more, a few more uh, scenes from this came out, and there were some scenes from the show that we haven't seen yet, and it looked good. I can't wait for this. I know Kevin's not high on Loki, but I do like Loki a lot. I like Loki the character. I like Loki the first season was amazing. It's one of the best Disney Plus shows they had. It was a week-to-week -week mystery of what's going to happen, who's going to show up. Is there is there an over-playing over arc here that's going to have implications going forward? Um, so yeah, so we'll have to wait and see. And the other big trailer that, re that was revealed this week I think September 29th, Gen V, the spinoff for the boys. This show looks amazing. It was a Red Band trailer, um, lots of blood, lots of stuff. It's it's basically the X-Men. It's a school for gifted children, 
And it, but it's in the boys' universe, so you know the boys is a, such a fucked up universe for superheroes that this is going to have some crazy, crazy superhero shit going on. Um, and I can't wait for it. It's gonna be on. It's gonna be on Prime like the boys was, and it's gonna be a weekly show, so it'll be awesome. Um, so uh, with that being said, let's get into the rest of the news. Um, Equalizer three won the box office last weekend with forty two million dollars, which is pretty damn good for a Labor Day weekend gross. Um, those movies, I haven't seen the second one. The first one is really good. I, I do want to get into those again. Um, but it had a very, very strong Labor Day weekend box office, so that's really cool. Um, Denzel, he's in his 60s now, still pulling that shit off. It's, it's, he's one of the best actors ever, so, um, looking forward to seeing that. Um, Barbie, still doing huge numbers, comes out on digital on Tuesday, and has become the highest grossing film of 2023. Beat Mario. Um, the, all the superhero movies have kind of, kind of went kaput. Uh, all the Marvel movies have been kind of a mixed bag, except for Guardians. But even that was not as high as it should have been. Um, superhero fatigue may be real. Uh, who knows? But we'll have to wait and see how that really plays out once we get some good content coming out. Because we've had a lot of shitty stuff in and uh, Marvel, especially DC. We already know there's a reboot going on, and the Flash was kind of panned because of that. Um, and I still blame that on on James Gunn putting this plan out in January. I think they should have waited. At least said, yeah, we're gonna have a plan. There's gonna be something going on, but they should have really waited to let to let these movies have a little bit of air because we got Aquaman coming out at the end of the year. Who gives a shit about that now? There's no stakes. There's no stakes in Aquaman. There's no stakes of that series going forward. So why would you want to watch that movie? Unless it was the ending and you knew that this movie is going to set up a brand, brand new universe. And I don't see that happening in Aquaman. Aquaman is just a place setter while you're waiting for the big meal to come. Which will be when Superman, the new Superman comes out. Superman Legacy or whatever the hell it's called with uh, James Gunn at the helm. So DC Universe, Marvel Universe, kind of in a transition mo mode right now. Um, we already know Bob Iger is, uh, is trying to rein in Marvel a little bit. Um, that's why we're going to have big events on Disney Plus rather than shows coming out every two months. Um, that's why we've only had a couple this year, and Loki is going to be one of those. Uh, I think I'm having high hopes for it. It could be a turnaround from them. If Loki 2 is good, it could bring that audience back that loved Marvel. And I, and I would, and I would, I, I love Marvel. I'm going to continue watching. I've loved Marvel since I was a kid, so I won't give up on it. Unless they really give up on me, and that and that would take a lot for me. I I, I watched, I watched three se shitty sequel Star Wars movies, and I'm still into Star Wars. I'm watching Ahsoka every week, so there you go. Um, Taylor Swift. Don't talk much much about her because she's not really geek related, but. With this movie coming out, this movie that she's coming out with in October, filming of her um, her live show that happened this summer when she did her stadium tour, um, she's going to be putting it on, on... We already talked about last week how AMC had sold a record amount of tickets. I think it was like $26 million of pre-sales. The movie is being estimated to make $150 plus million plus in its first weekend. That's Marvel level. That's Endgame level. That's Infinity War level. That's Spider-Man level. That's crazy. Very rare do you see just one person, one single person, make that much money in a box office run. And I would be surprised if, it, if it, this doesn't happen. And it could be a lot more. 
Um, you hear every 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 little girl, every woman that has maybe men see see her too. They like her music. Anybody that goes sees her show, they said it's amazing. Um, anybody who's gotten pre-ordered these tickets are are going nuts over it as well. It's gonna be like the next Barbie Barbieheimer. Um, I I heard this week that they were hoping that um that the Exorcist movie hadn't moved because it would have been the Taylor Taylor uh, Taylor cyst. It would have, it would have been the next Barbieheimer, the Taylor cyst. Um, I I I don't know if people would have seen the Exorcist and Bart and uh, Taylor Swift on the same weekend, but um, and the movie is going to do gangbusters. It's gonna it's pretty much gonna bring. It's gonna do two things. It's gonna bring the movie theaters back, but it's also going to reflect on. Oh wait a minute! Taylor Swift is a box office success. This concert film with Taylor Swift, she, she's making us money, and we can't make money with blockbusters. What's that going to do to the status of movies going forward? And that's kind of scary. Um, relying on one pop star to do that. And, I mean, she is the biggest pop star in a very, very long time. I, I don't, I don't think any, I don't think Michael Jackson could do that. Back in the day, I don't think he could have. I don't know. I don't. I can't think of any other pop star in the world that could do that. Have a concert film. You, you hear concert films all the time, but this is a hundred and fifty million dollar opening weekend. Um, I don't. And I don't. And I'm sure the drop off on the second weekend would be big, but who knows? Big, big sad news this week. Jimmy Buffett passed away. Um, he he had some complications and he passed away this week. Um, Jimmy Buffett. Kevin likes Jimmy Buffett a lot. I mildly like Jimmy Buffett. A few episodes ago, probably 10 or a dozen episodes ago, I played the song from Summer Rental that he did on the soundtrack, which you can't find anywhere but YouTube, but I found it, I put it on the podcast. It's a great fucking song. This is my favorite song from him. And of course, Margaritaville. He had a whole franchise from that with the restaurants and everything else, and the song's huge. Um, Monday is a great song, but Cheeseburger in Paradise. But, but Jimmy Buffett passed away. Um, long illness, uh, country music influences everywhere. Ch- Kenny Chesney, Alan Jackson, you name it. Um, but yeah, Jimmy Buffett, rest in peace. Also, Steve Harwell, lead singer of Smash Mouth. If you were around in the late 90s, you know Smash Mouth, uh, All Star. Um, they did um, a whole bunch of stuff, a bunch of cover movies, uh, cover songs. They did, they did one for Shrek. Um, uh, he died at 56. He had um, liver damage from years and years of drinking. Um, drinking gets you nowhere. Heavy drinking. I wish Kevin was here so I could so I could tell him this. But yeah, he 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 took a toll on his body. And I remember the last thing I heard about him, he went crazy on stage like I don't know, two a couple years ago, two or three years ago. Um, and he just started he just started blatantly saying random shit on stage. And he got kicked out of the band. He was actually not in Smash Mouth anymore. Um, they replaced him or, or stopped the band or whatever. I don't know what they did with the band. but um, Steve Harwell also died this week at 56 years old. So rest in peace to him. Not a death, but a loss. Um, Kevin and I talk about AEW all the time. And it was announced last weekend that Tony Khan and AEW released CM Punk from his AEW contract. I wish he was here to talk about this because uh, there's a lot of stuff about CM Punk that we talk about on this show and how controversial he is. I mean, I love CM Punk. He's the whole reason I got into wrestling, back into wrestling in like 2010. Um, and especially when his run with Cena when he took the title in Chicago and ran out and waved to basically. Man, that's an epic, iconic scene in the pipe bomb, of course. But um, just so much backstage shit, especially with the Young Bucks, especially with. 
Kenny Omega, all all the people backstage now this time with Jungle Boy, uh, Jack Perry. I mean, it was it was a mess, and he just turned a lot of people off and kept getting into these fights and arguments backstage. And this one, and he said that they said that he gave a headlock to Jack Perry backstage, and he threw monitors at Tony Khan. So at that point, Tony Khan really had no choice but to fire him and let him go. So, what are you gonna do? Um, he's gone. I don't know. If, I don't know if he will ever go back to WWE because he did. He did not. He didn't get in arguments like that over there. But his ego was just as bad. He had no respect for people over there. He would get in arguments, but the fight thing, like the big fight that he had with the with the Young Bucks that happened back last year, um, that shit like that didn't happen in WWE. But it did happen here. But I also think it's because Tony Khan gives such a lenient backstage aura over there. Especially when the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega run the town. Reminds me a lot of WCW, um, especially when the NWO backstage were running the town. Kevin Nash was in charge of booking. Uh, Hogan was in charge of his storylines. Um, so yeah, it's a mess over there in AEW. And I saw the ratings went down horrendously after the announcement. Because Collision, which is on Saturday nights, is, was made for CM Punk. It's a show on Saturday nights to keep him separate from the elite, who are the young bucks we got in a fight with. Give him his own show away from them. Um, it was funny because they actually showed up last last Saturday, the first episode since he got fired. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it sucks. I love CM Punk, and I, I, I and I, I he's such a character. Um, wrestling wise, he's not the best, but. He is a showman. He's great on the microphone. One of the best, besides Bray Wyatt, RIP to him. I mean, we talked about him a couple weeks ago. But, um, yeah, CM Punk. Such a, such a, such a controversial person. person. But a lot of people say he's a great guy, too. I think it just rubs a lot of people the wrong way from all the stories throughout the years. And, um, and he does prove it sometimes, unfortunately. But, um... Ooh, another guy. Didn't expect this because he always seems like a nice guy, but you always you always see these Tonight Show late night late night hosts talking about like how how much of a shitty guy they are behind the scenes. And unfortunately, Jimmy Fallon is one of those. He was eviscerated by current and ex staffers in a Rolling Stone expose this week, talking about how he had a hostile work environment. For years, over the last nine years, he's been hosting the show. He would berate people on set. He would, he would just be an asshole to everybody, and it made it very bad. I think I read this week that he had, he had that for the nine years he's had been there. Each year, he had a different showrunner each year, which means they were fired nine times. That doesn't happen normally with a TV show, especially a night late night show. I think David Letterman had the same guy for a very long time. Same with Jay Leno and Conan. They all have the same guy that went for a very very long time. So not for, so for a showrunner to leave like that so many times, it's surprised it took this long for this for this news to come out. But the staffers, of course, they're out of the job right now. They're not getting paid. Um, Rolling Stone went in and, and interviewed a lot of them, and this mess happened. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know we apologized to the staff about it. There was also a story in the article about Jerry Seinfeld. Um, in the article, they made it sound like Jerry Seinfeld yelled at Jimmy Fallon, telling him, don't treat your writers like that or something. Um, and 
and Jerry Seinfeld came out and said that's uh, that's twisting of events. That's it's idiotic. That's not what I said. You're just doing that to make publicity for your article, Rolling Stone. He kind of came out against Rolling Stone in the article, um, protecting Jimmy in a little way. So I don't know. I, there's going to be a lot of people coming to Jimmy's. Jimmy, I know a lot of people love Jimmy Fallon, not as much as Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel is beloved by a lot of people, but. Um, yeah, Jimmy Fallon. I did not expect that. He always seemed like a uh, nice guy, but the screen—the screen does wonders. What you see on screen does wonders to who an actual person's real persona is. So, um, How I Met Your Mother, the spinoff. I know I watched the original one, a few ep a few seasons of it. Um, I never watched this one with Hillary Duff. Uh, it was on Hulu. It did get canceled after two seasons. Um, they had a couple of actors. I know Neil Patrick Harris was on this new uh, reboot. Um, he was in one of the episodes. I never finished the first series. I never, I've never finished it. I know um, Jason Segel was great in it, um, and so and so was most of the characters. Neil Patrick Harris was amazing in it too. Um, but I hear that the the ending didn't land, um, and there's a lot of there was a lot of um, there's a lot of fucking with the fans hopes with it um, especially as far as the, how I met your mother what the whole show is about um, they didn't like how the mother was portrayed I guess she passed it with cancer or something and then they ended up um, being with Robin I don't fucking know um, but it's a decent show it's 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 one of those CBS shows if you're into that shit big bang that two and a half minutes all the same formula just different actors different Topics, but it's basically the same shit. If you're if you're into sitcoms, I know Kevin isn't, but um, so yeah. How I Met Your Father canceled at Hulu. Um, Chris Helmsworth reportedly starring in a Star Fox movie. Um, never big into the Star Fox games myself. I know it was a big, huge franchise on the Nintendo. Um, Chris Helmer Helmsworth is in everything. I mean, once he did Thor, everybody wanted him to be in everything. So, not surprised by this news. Um, Nintendo. They're big on these uh, the new Nintendo uh, Tears of the Kingdom game, um, and there are no plans for any DLC for that game, and they're going to be moving forward and going on to a brand new game in the series. They're not going to be continuing the Breath of the Wild series after this last game that came out back in a couple months ago. So, I haven't played much. I, I did play a little bit of it, but um, it's just not my Zelda. I know, not my Zelda, I guess. I, I haven't really got into it that much, but I just love Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and Wind Waker so much. Very easy to play. Um, Ocarina of Time is just one of my favorite games of all time. It's it's amazing. It's an amazing game. It's hard if you haven't played it. Um, if you if you didn't grow up on it, it's hard to put that into words. How how amazing it was. Um, I remember the first time I played it, I was in a Toys R Us and they had it set up. And I never heard of Zelda really. Of course, it may have been in the back of my mind, Zelda, Zelda, Legend of Zelda, but. Um, when this came out on the 64, I played it demo in a Toys R Us, and I said, "Wow, this this game is amazing!" I think I got it not too long after that. Gold cartridges, of course, and yeah, I beat that damn thing. And then I ended up getting a book to try to find all the heart containers because that's the big thing of that—you have to find all the heart containers, all the secrets of the game. And then when you have 100% completion, it's just one of those amazing things with Zelda. Um, you just feel great. Um, so yeah. Legend of Zelda going into a new direction, so we'll see about that. Um, GTA 6 rumored to feature a theme park parody of Disney World in Orlando called Fairyland. Um, I haven't played much G Grand Theft, Theft Auto in a very long time. 
Um, I am interested in this because if they do something like this, they're going to have this open world for Grand Theft Auto in this next game. It seems like it's going to be very, very expansive. And I, 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 I would be interested to see how far they go in the theme park route with this. Um, it'd be interesting to see if you can actually ride the rides, do it like an arcade style. Um, I, I, I would be interested in that. Um, so I'll have to wait and see on that. Um, Danny Masterson from that 70s show he was uh, hide in that show well he was convicted this week of raping two women and he's been going to prison for 30 plus years um, of course he was a uh, Scientologist so they were they were representing him in court um, but yeah he, he messed up his life um, and uh, they tried to protect him as much as they could they were even harassing these these women that he was that were accusing of this they were doing that behind the scenes and they, I think they I think they ended up suing this church uh, Church of Scientology because of it and um, oh, yeah I haven't heard a lot of the details because I don't like reading rape, rape stories because it's 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 bad um, I remember reading a lot of the stuff with when the Bill Cosby stuff came out and even that was that was terrifying all that shit that happened in the 80s and 90s and He's just a, it's just a mess. Like people, once they get power, they think they can really control that, control women or control anybody with that power. I wouldn't just say women because Kevin Spacey did that shit to men too. So, um, yeah, Danny Masterson, he's going to be in jail. He's not going to do good in jail either. Um, little twink Danny Masterson. Um, a PR company reportedly paid movie critics. I know Kevin would want to talk about this too, but we'll get into it maybe next week. But they uh, reportedly paid movie critics to directly manipulate multiple films on the Rotten Tomatoes scores. I know I'm for Rotten Tomatoes as f as long as the reviewers are legit. Like, if it's a Rolling Stone, if it's a Variety, Hollywood Reporter, New York Times, so on and so forth. The ones you hear of, um, even websites like comicbook.com, I, I agree with them a lot. IGN is kind of mixed for me. Um... But what they're talking about are the little, little guys, like blogs, like podcasts like ours that have a few listeners, but they're not really known. So what they're trying to do, this this Bunk 15, it's a movie publicity company, paid self-published critics, self-published critics, $50 or more for a review that implies, and they also imply that it should be a positive one. So in other words, they were trying to tell me, I'll give you $50 if you give us a positive review of this movie. Um, so they were trying to make the movies seem like they were better than they were. I talked about I talked about this with Kevin a little bit yesterday. We're going out for my birthday dinner and um, we were talking about how Ant-Man, Ant the last Ant-Man movie that came out before the critic embargo was was lifted. This movie had a 78% on Rotten Tomato, I believe. It was from movie reviewers like this. Um, that's why the review was so high. It didn't have the big ones yet. When the big ones came out, that dipped quite a bit. It went from 78%, I think he said, to 62 maybe even lower. It was pretty low for Ant-Man, if you remember. And it wasn't a good movie. And it was stuff like that. Like, how much of that has happened through the years? If you go back and look at the reviews of Rotten Tomatoes, some of those movies are high. The, re the review embargo, or more people start seeing those movies, the big, big reviewers, like the magazines, like the ones I just mentioned, and the and the and the ratings just keep going down and down and down. Something's happening there, and and this did come out this week that something is happening there. This 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 firm is paying movie critics to do that to inflate their to 
inflate their, ro their Rotten Tomatoes score. Um, and then when the real score comes out, that kind of levels out, and then you see what the real truth of that is. But it does fuck up the initial thing because people went and saw Ant-Man think it was going to be a good movie, and then they came out, well, wait, this isn't as good as the reviews were saying it was. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like Rotten Tomato, but I only trust the reviews from trusted sources like Variety, like Hollywood Reporter, like New York Times. Um, and some of those reviewers are are biased towards Marvel. Like, they don't like Marvel, so they're going to give it a shitty review no matter what it is, even if it's the best Endgame or Infinity War of the bunch. Who knows? But Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of shady shit there, even the audience score. You can't trust that because you can have a group of audience members coming in and complaining for a movie and saying how shitty it is. Um, like we mentioned, I mentioned to Kevin yesterday, and we were talking about a Snyder group. The Snyder group could go in there as a group of a thousand people and just put negative reviews or good reviews if it's a Snyder movie and make it inflate it to make it seem like it's better than it actually is. Um, so unfortunately that's the way things are, but, um, The Last of Us creator, Neil Drunkman, says that, um, his show, they've outlined all of season two and all they're doing is waiting for the strike to end to get it, get the, get it on paper. So they already have a light outline, it's already ready to go, um, and they already said they're going to base a lot off the video game, so that'd be interesting to see. I, I haven't played the second video game, I've only played part of the first one. The first se first season was amazing. Um, and, and the characters and the actors they have for that are great. Um, Pedro Pascal, of course, fuck. He's in everything. He's great in everything because he's a great fucking actor. He really is. Um, so, yeah. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery, um, they've been hit with $300 million to $500 million from the strikes. Um, that's how much loss they've had just this year alone. Not doing this deal right with, uh, with, the, uh, with the SAG after and the Writers Guild has fucked them over and and we're getting into a really really scary time and we're in the fall already and David Zazoff has said that they must focus and fight to resolve strikes as it spills into the fall because this is damaging not only to the actors that are out of jobs the writers who are depending on pay and they're not getting it right now we're at six almost six months in if not more um and if this doesn't get fixed there's going to be not only problems with them but content We've already mentioned reality TV is going to be taking over a lot of our a lot of our airwaves going forward, and and, and especially on Netflix, they they may have a little bit of a back catalog, but eventually that back catalog is going to stop. Movies and television shows that can only delay them so long. That's why they're trying to kind of trying to push everything out to spread it out in case this lasts till December or early next year. God, that would suck. But um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, Speaking of the strikes, Marvel has shuffled a lot of the Disney Plus shows. That was the only news. It was only Dis Disney Plus information that came out this week. Um, Agatha Covenant Chaos taking another name, Darkness Diaries. Um, they shifted a whole bunch of stuff. Loki Season 2, of course, comes out October 6th. That's staying. That's already set in stone. Everybody wants to see that. The trailers are out. The, the trailers doing gangbusters on YouTube. So that's coming out on October 6th. No problem. What if Season 2 was supposed to come out on, like, this time, right, fall or late summer. Now it's saying it's going to come out around Christmas time in a couple months. So what if Season 2 could kind of continue the alternate reality of the Marvel Universe then? Um, Echo had already had a date set for Nintendo, uh, for November. Um, the end of November, I think it was Hall uh, Thanksgiving Day, all the episodes were going to release at once. 
Um, now that it's still going to happen, but it's not going to happen until January of next year. Um, also, X-Men 97 was supposed to come out this fall. Not coming out till early 2024. Um, like I mentioned, Agatha Coven of Chaos, which is now Agatha Darkness Diary, Dark Cold Diaries. That's not coming out till late 2024. And because these shows are currently being were currently being filmed and had to stop production, Ironheart, Daredevil: Born Again, and Wonder Man all have been delayed indefinitely until the writer strikes and and uh, Screen Actors Guild combat is striking. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with all of this. Um, yeah, the, the TV side is is a little fucked right now. Um, they're trying to... With Loki Season 2, I think there'll be a change in pace of what happens, I hope. God, I hope it's good, but... Um, you know, have to wait and see. Speaking of What If Season 2, they did release all the nine episodes of what they're going to be covering with that What If, which is kind of cool. Um, what If Gamora Killed Thanos earlier in the series... Um, what if Captain Carter finds the Hydra Stopper, which is which is a follow-up to a Season 1 storyline that happened? Um, what if Odin versus Hela, uh, Odin, Odin and Hela versus Wenwu? What if Avengers versus Surtur? What if the Tesseract landed in Howden and Sonny Confederacy before the colonization of America? This is the new Native American MCU character. Um, that's going to that's going to turn into like a uh, superhero of some kind. I know it was uh, they, they did this. It's a brand new character created for the show. So, um, what if Hank Pym and Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne fought the Red Guardian in the 1980s? Um, we already know the Red Guardian had been involved in a lot of stuff. Um, we saw a flashback in uh, Black Widow with him. So, um, what if Yondu delivered Star Lord to Ego? I know that was the original plan, and he ended up keeping him for himself to be his uh, his helper, I guess. Um, this is a big one. What if Happy Hogan saved Christmas? Um, this is going to be a spinoff from Iron Man three. Um, it's kind of going to kind of be a spinoff of what happened with Ho with Happy Hogan during the whole thing when um, when Iron Man was um, was with with uh, I can't remember his name trying to get his elf trying to get his. Uh, the extra extremist shit that was going on, you know, Iron Man three. Um, and what if Wanda had grown up watching musicals instead of sitcoms? So I'm guessing it'll be a musical episode. Because um, if you've seen uh, WandaVision, if you, you know that she was into uh, she was into uh, sitcoms, she was all into that, and of course, uh, WandaVision was because of that. So, um, Kevin Feige was reportedly eyeing even more Rick and Morty writers prior to the strikes. And I think we mentioned last week that they had let two of them go, and uh, those two those two writers uh, that had written um, uh, the Ant Man movie and um, the last Doctor Strange movie that were kind of panned by critics, um, they were let go because they were hired from Rick and Morty initially because of their multiverse uh, knowledge from those from that show. But it didn't end up. It didn't end up tra uh, tr uh, transferring into the Marvel universe. Didn't really work as well as it did in Rick and Morty. So, um, yeah, probably a good thing. But I don't know about. I, I'm kind of glad that they're kind of going away from that direction. Um, they need to have some good writers and they're good directors. And speaking of that, um, Doctor Strange two director Sam Raimi, of course, Spider Man two, um, the early initial Spider Man movies. Um, uh, said to be said to be the top choice to helm Secret Wars. I think this would be a great choice. A great director, um, especially if 
the rumors are true and there's going to be multiple Spider-Mans coming back. Multiple everything coming back. There could be a lot of shit going on in this movie. Um, considering it's probably going to be the culmination of everything from the very beginning. And this will be the reboot. Complete reboot of everything. We could start over and bring a brand. This would be the only way to bring in a new Iron Man without having um, Robert Downey back. They could do that. Um... I do like the direction that they're going recasting, doing Young Avengers, but it would be good to have a Tony Stark back in the universe, um, which is not the case because he died, and I don't think Robert Downey will come back because he's not not bitter, but he's just um, he just wants to do other stuff. And later in his life, he's he's getting old; he's almost sixty. So, um, Matt Rife talked about him on the podcast before. Has great crowd work and stand up. Um, he is coming out with a Netflix special, which I'm very, very excited for. I think he's funny as hell. If you've ever seen his Facebook posts, um, the, the little quick videos he does with the audience interactions, oh my god, it's so fucking funny. He's amazing. Um, and he's going to have a whole special right on Netflix. So, um, a natural selection coming soon. No date yet, but uh, Netflix did announce it today. Um, and finally in news, McDonald's dominated social media this year. Um... And the one reason that they dominated the one popular search, the most popular search of the summer was Grimace. We talk about him all the time on this show. Grimace was the most popular search this summer. Um, 56.8% of Americans searched who is Grimace at some point through the summer months, uh, making him the most popular search across the land. And I have a map of the whole entire United States. Uh, popular people, popular search uh, results from the whole entire country. Um, I thought this was surprising in Maine and New Hampshire, where we're from, where Kevin and I are from. Jelly Roll is the most popular search. I love Jelly Roll. I think he's great. Um, country music is big up here, too. Um, that's understandable. Um, Grimace is in, I believe, I want to say at least three quarters of this whole entire map grimace was the top search um california kanye west was the top search um texas joe biden um just a couple of other ones um da -da -da. i mean donald trump in new york city of course new york and new jersey he's big there with all the shit that's going down there matt rife in the midwest a couple of uh, a couple of states there too um yeah, it's 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 crazy. Grimace took over the world this year. Took over, took over everywhere. Elon Musk, another guy, uh, he had five or six states that he was the top search result in as well. So, yeah, oh fuck, it's uh it's a crazy time now. Now we're dealing with thunderstorms today. I didn't lose power. The episode is recorded, and that is it for our show. First time going solo when I went forty minutes, and I'm losing my voice a little bit. If you can hear it, but. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Next week, we'll have a regular show, hopefully. Um, we'll have a show and tell. We'll have uh, we'll talk about Ahsoka Episode 4 a little bit, and we'll continue with Episode 5, this big epic episode that's coming out. We'll talk about the replacements, talk about any given Sunday. I'm probably going to watch another football movie as well for next week um, to continue the form. And uh, that's it. And thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to everybody next week. Peace. <laughs>